Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks podcast. I am your host, Ben Kreider. Today is December the 4th, and we have a couple interesting stories um, that happened in the past couple days. And the first one has to do with Russell Westbrook getting traded from the Rockets to the Wizards. We already know John Wall came back to Houston. I'm going to be talking about that and why, as us being OKC fans, we should kind of be excited for it. I'm going to be saying, you know, kind of, yeah, how we should feel about it. As well as that, we're going to be talking about Melvin Frazier, who we recently picked up. And I cannot be more happy for this signing. I think a lot of you guys will be a lot more excited to have him. I think a lot of people just saw the name, didn't care too much. You guys, hopefully, I get you guys excited for him because he has been on my radar forever. I really love the guy. But before we get into him, we're going to be talking about the Russell Westbrook trade. So, yesterday, Russell Westbrook got traded from the Houston Rockets to the Washington Wizards. It's all over the internet. You guys kind of already know. But I'm just going to give you guys my breakdown. So, the Wizards ended up trading away John Wall in a 2023 protected first. It is a lottery protected first. Things get a little bit weird after that. I I think it, you know, it, it fluctuates on what the protections are from like 2024. It goes like top 10, top 8. I don't know. It, it just goes on for a while if, you know, they somehow are a lottery team forever. It eventually turns into two seconds, but I doubt it. So the Rockets picked up John Wall as well as that pick, and the Wizards got in return Russell Westbrook. Now, I, I saw it all over the media. Like, everyone kind of just is making a clownery out of this whole entire deal, which, I mean... If you don't really look into it, it kind of looks like that because it's pretty obvious at this point that both Russell Westbrook and John Wall have some of the worst contracts in the entire NBA. They both got signed to Supermax contracts. They're in year like three, I believe. They both have three years left, two years plus a player option on that third. And of course, they're not passing up on that money. There's way too much money there. It's like 47 mil. But yeah, they really were the only two players, I think if you wanted to trade John Wall, the only person you could trade John Wall for is Westbrook and vice versa. There just wasn't a big enough market for either of these guys. And I mean, I guess I guess both franchises just want to try to test something else out because with the Rockets, Westbrook and Harden, I, it clearly wasn't working, I think. Harden already wants out, so it's like, you know, you got to make some splash moves. Harden said that he wanted Russell Westbrook. Uh, he preferred to have John Wall over Russell Westbrook. They did it. Um, in Washington's case, uh, Beal and Wall were having issues, so they wanted to change the scenery. You get Westbrook in there as well. So, just looking at it from the Houston Rockets' perspective first, like I said, they just want to keep Harden happy. That's why they did this deal. I think Westbrook's a great player. I hope they acknowledge that. Their fan base, I don't know, man. There's something about just throwing Westbrook under under the bus every single time. And that kind of was the storyline entering this season, just all throughout the offseason. It was Westbrook's fault that, you know, he's never a winner. Well, we're going to put that to the test. You put John Wallace in front of his place, let's see how he plays. If they even make it to the playoffs. We know Russ is great in the regular season. The playoffs is where people knock him. 
throw in John Wall, see how that works out. Um, but yeah, they just want to keep Harden happy, really. And like I said, he wants to have Wall over Westbrook. They're gonna have Wall over Westbrook. That's why Westbrook's not on the team anymore. Now, the thing with Wall, he's a great player, but I mean, he just has some crazy injury his- history. He hasn't played in the NBA in almost like two years, so. I don't know. It's it's a gamble on their part. They're kind of banking on the fact that he's able to return and be healthy. I believe he had like a left heel injury or something back in 2018. It was like super late in December, super late in the year. He had like a heel injury. And then after that, he had like a ruptured Achilles. So he hasn't played in forever. He's saying that he's fine. I think people are saying he's completely healed so opening night or whenever they play their first game we'll see how the Rockets play it could be a home run for them um they just need they just need to make some sort of move to keep Harden because if Harden is gone the whole thing's crumbling it's gonna suck for them so it does make sense why the Rockets did it when you look into it they have John Wall they have Harden um they have christian wood and demarcus cousins you can play christian wood at power forward or center i saw some projections on the starters they just had boogie coming off the bench which he's coming off an injury so i guess it makes sense but i'll get into some of the issues with that rockets roster in a little bit later now in terms of why the washington wizards wanted to get russell westbrook i mean it's just because Beal and Wall were unhappy. Two exact same stories with two franchises. They're going to just try something else out. If I was a Wizards fan, I would be freaking pissed. Like, you wait two years to see John Wall play again. He's been with your team forever. He's just about to return. And then you trade him for Russell Westbrook. Like, what the hell? Russell Westbrook is a great NBA player. But just the loyalty being thrown out the window, just stomping all over it and dishing him out for Westbrook. And you give out a pick on the way as well. I just I just would not be happy. I would have been waiting so long. Imagine, you know, we had to wait so long to see Robertson come back and it was such a like a cool moment. I don't know, Robertson wasn't like a superstar. John Wall I don't know. He's like a star, superstar. He's on the fringe, I guess. He was definitely their the franchise cornerstone with Washington, but waiting two years to see your star player return, and right before he's set to return, he gets traded. Oh my gosh. I would hate being a Wizards fan right now. They're going to be, you know, with Westbrook, you're getting an exciting player. Like, Westbrook's just a bigger name than John Wall. To the casual NBA fan, you you know Russell Westbrook more than John Wall. And just someone who like vaguely knows the NBA should probably know who Russell Westbrook is. At least they've heard of the name. So they get the bigger they get the bigger name with uh, Russell Westbrook, pair him with Beal. They're both kind of ball dominant players. Um, I will say though, the Wizards roster is really suited for how Russell Westbrook plays. Now, with Westbrook, we already know you can't just leave him. You can't just let him like drive in on you. If you leave him that cushion, he's going to pull up and jack up threes over and over again. And even if it's not a pull up, he'll still shoot them. And he was shooting like trash 
last season at the three-point line. So the Wizards roster is kind of set to kind of, I don't know how to put it, but the negatives, his three-point shooting, you're not going to see him, you're not going to be complaining every night about, oh, he's jacking up so many threes. They're, yeah, here's the word. They're going to minimize his issues from the three ball. He's going to be able to drive in. They have so many stretch bigs. In particular, they got Davis Bertans, who like inked that five-year, $80 million contract a couple weeks ago. That's kind of crazy to ink that guy for five years, because he really is just a shooter. He's one of the best shooters in the league at his position, so I can see why they did that, but like, damn, he really hasn't played that much, and you're going to just hand out 80 mil like that? I don't know. So well as Bertans, you got Thomas Bryant, who also is a stretch big. So you got two stretch bigs. You can do some pick and rolls, some pick and pops. It don't really matter. I think it's going to be fine. I don't think, I think the shot chucking will be an issue, but it's not going to be popping off the page every single game like it always has. And he's still going to be putting up those stat lines. Now, Westbrook's not going to be an off-ball player. Bradley Beal's an off-ball. He'd be more of an off-ball player. And he really isn't an off-ball player. He needs the ball in his hands. So does Westbrook. We'll see how it goes with them. I like the dynamic of Westbrook being surrounded by all these shooters. And now there's actually centers there because, I mean, with the Rockets, you can say, like, number one, Rockets were piled up with shooters. So you could say it's a similar situation. Whenever P.J. Tucker's your biggest dude on the court, that's kind of a problem. So that's a this is a way different team on Washington. They have actual people who are power forwards and centers. They have real centers, real power forwards. It's going to be it's going to be a lot better for Westbrook in Washington. And I think Washington is immediately in the playoff conversation. Like I saw on Twitter, obviously they're not really credible sources. They're just random random people on the internet talking. But people don't believe that they're gonna be in the playoffs like what there's maybe like a a one percent chance they don't make the playoffs and even that's kind of high russell westbrook bradley beal on the same team they got denny avija or whatever from the draft like the ninth pick slid to him you still have Rui hachimura you got bertons and you have thomas bryant that's a good enough starting five in the east i uh, these people talking on twitter are crazy so i'm telling you some of those people i think the rock i think the piss or the the wizards are in a good spot they're a playoff team contender i don't know about that if they can figure the dynamic out between beal and westbrook you could have something i just know they're going to be a good regular season team barring there's no like crazy injuries to one of them or something so that's just how both sides i believe would look at it I don't really, I still don't really get how the Rockets got a pick. I guess maybe because Wallach is coming off an injury and Westbrook isn't coming off an injury and you know what you have in him. But yeah. Now, looking at it from OKC's perspective, you have to keep in mind we have two draft picks from the Rockets as well as two pick swaps. We, um,. We sh- I think we should feel happy about this. Now, it, ca- it depends on certain things, but overall, I think we should feel okay. Originally, when the deal happened, I was upset about it because 
the main motive was it was to keep Harden happy. Now, there are reports that Harden still has that same mindset of still wanting out. And the Rockets' mindset is still the same. And it proves it right here because they traded for John Wall. Their mindset is we need to keep Harden together because, yeah, if he's not on the team, it's not going to work out for them. So their starting lineup um, is Wall at point guard. You get James Harden at shooting guard. You kind of have a toss-up on what you want to do at small forward. Personally, I I would like having P.J. Tucker at starting small forward and having Wood and Cousins rounding that lineup out. There's a couple different options there. We'll see which path they go with because they do have some bench depth that can make their starters they can make their starting lineup flexible. I think Daniel House was projected on Bleach Report to be the starting small forward. Have PJ Tucker at power forward and Wood at center. That also makes a little bit of sense. They have options there. And they they got a contract with Eric Gordon. I forgot how long it's for, but he's on the team for a while. So Eric Gordon off the bench is great. You got P.J. Tucker still. You got the additions of Wood and Cousins. You have House. You have Macklemore. Picked up a couple other people. Their bench is solid. Outside of Gordon, it really isn't all that. But the main thing, and I think the biggest downfall... If there's not a trade, their biggest downfall is if Boogie gets hurt or if Christian Wood gets hurt. I think more Christian Wood, honestly. But just listen, look, listen to this power forward depth they have right here. And this is off a of Bleacher Report. It's PJ Tucker, your starting power forward. Bruno Caboclo coming as his second. He's coming off the bench. He's your second string power forward. I don't know if he's still like super thin or not but i know whenever he was on the raptors that guy was as thin as could be i forgot where he went after that he might have bounced around like memphis or something but he i don't think he has that body of a power forward he's lengthy as hell but i don't know if he has that but i don't know if he has that bulk on him yet and then it's kenny wooten being your third stringer kaboko and wooten are not really like high level nba players and if you're competing you really can't have bruno kaboko from what he's shown being your second string power forward and if someone gets hurt if christian wood gets hurt who i've always regarded as a power forward i guess it makes sense you you can't just have cousins playing 30 minutes a game but if wood is gone cousins has to be that starter and you're going to be playing like Kenny Wooten or Tyson Chandler, maybe. Tyson Chandler's their third string center. Those kind of minutes to those players, I don't know if they're going to be able to fill in and produce, to be completely honest with you. So if Wood gets hurt, it's bad. If Wall does not come back 100%, it's going to be bad. Not in terms of the win-loss, because we know Harden is able to carry his team to the playoffs. That's not really an issue. Harden's a superstar. But in terms of Harden, I think you can kind of speculate if he's the if you take Harden off that team and they can't win, he's not going to want to be there. He wants a sidekick. And if John Wall cannot be that perfect sidekick, there will be an issue and there's going to be some crazy drama happening in the next coming months if Harden does one out. And he has one out. But if he puts his foot down and pulls some like Anthony Davis stuff where he's not playing unless he gets traded, it's going to be a complete disaster in Houston. And there's multiple ways it could happen. 
Now, the likelihood of a trade, you really can't even pin it. Um, I'm just saying, if a trade does happen, we are looking great. Because we have the Houston Rockets pick, I believe. I know for a fact, we have the 2021 Rockets pick. It's protected 1 through 4. The way it is, I don't think they're going to be a bottom... I don't really think they're going to be a top four pick team. They may end up being a lottery if some early in the season happens. But, um, I don't know. I really, I really don't think they're going to be, like, when you're looking at record-wise, they're not going to be at the bottom of the Western Conference. They're going to be, like, right on the outside because of Harden's being there and then maybe he's gone. They just completely rebuild. Teams just filled out with scraps. They're not going to be able to get a ton of wins in. I'd project the Rockets roster, if Harden leaves like midway, it's not going to look too terrible. And that pick's going to be like back of the lottery. So, you know, we've seen in the draft system, like New Orleans, I forgot if they had like the 6th best odds or the 8th best odds. But um, their pick skyrocketed up to number 1. So it's totally possible that they aren't a bottom of the barrel team and they still end up in that top 4. So we'll see what happens to that pick. I don't I don't think it's going to be 1 through 4 just looking at how their roster is. I do think their team is in a position to crumble and if it does crumble, they're in big trouble. Now the second thing I wanted to talk to you guys about I am super excited about and I have been talking about this guy for months. Kind of years. I didn't talk on the internet years ago, but he's been on my radar literally since 2018. It's Melvin Frazier. And just yesterday, on Thursday, we signed him to a deal. I don't know if it's guaranteed or not, but we signed him to a deal. Now, a couple days, actually a day before we signed Frazier, so on Wednesday... We signed Antonius Cleveland, who's kind of like vaguely played in the NBA. I really don't know much about the guy, but he got signed to a deal, and then he was on the team for a day, and then he got cut, or he got waived for Melvin Frazier. Now, I don't really know the specifics, and on these Exhibit 10s, which is probably what he signed on, he's going to get like a 60k bonus to play for our G League. I guess we're just trying to get veterans on the G League team. Um, maybe it's to bring other players down and just have those core vets to help him out. That would be my thing. I think Cleveland probably is going to be on our G League team. But he's off the main roster. We bring in Melvin Frazier. And people may be like, okay, so it's the exact same scenario as Cleveland. I don't think so. Um, the thing with him, he's relatively young. And I feel like, a, I feel like maybe he was waiting to sign with the Thunder, he was waiting for like a fully guaranteed contract because he was a second round pick, really high, like 35th in 2018. Um, and he's shown flashes, really more so in the G League. He hasn't played a lot in the NBA, but he's shown flashes. Maybe he was thinking he could be like a 15th guy on a roster and get that guaranteed money. So he was holding off on whatever our non-guaranteed offer was, which I'm thinking it probably we probably... Gave him a non-guaranteed one just for training camp. But now I think it's at the point where his agent is like, you got to take this. 
we are in a situation where we will take anybody who's sort of young and has potential. He's 24. He's got a lot of potential. I have a lot to tell you about this guy. Now, just a backstory. He played for Tulane in college. He was there for three seasons. After his junior year, he had a really good junior year. He came out, got picked 35th by the ma- or excuse me, by the Magic. 36 was Mitchell Robinson. In that 2018 class, I wanted us to trade up so bad to get him or Robinson. Ideally both, but one out of those two, I really wanted us to get. I don't know if I had one above the other or not. I just know those were the two main guys I thought really highly of. I forgot who we dealt our first rounder to in 2018, but we dealt that away. Our only two picks came in the 50s. It was like 52, 53, and 57. That was Devon Hall, Devin Hall, and Kevin Hervey. We know how both of those played out. Pretty much just wasted both our draft picks. It is what it is. It would have been great to have one of these guys, and now we have one of these guys. Two years out from the draft, he's not 20. He was 21 when he got picked. Now he's 24, but he's two years out from getting drafted. He's in our hands. We are super lucky to have this guy, and I was, you know, I've referenced a couple podcasts ago, I don't know which one, I referenced I wanted to do a free agency, like, list who I wanted us to get, but moves were coming in so fast, I couldn't even do that, because our roster was filled to the brim, I was like, if I were to even make one of these, who would even care to listen, because our roster is pretty much set in stone in terms of, out of these guys, we have like 20 people, we're gonna have 15 out of those 20. Outside of like one or two from a trade or something. But it's not like we were bringing in free agent after free agent. Frank Jackson was the exception. I think he is guaranteed. And Melvin Frazier may also be the second exception. We'll see on him. I'm just super pumped about him. So, I don't know how we got to free agency. Well, I do, but he really shouldn't have been at this point in his career already. The Magic declined his player option. Uh, I don't know if it was a couple months ago, but... They declined his player option to make him a free agent this season. They did that with a couple other people. I forgot who it was. I think it was like Wes Iwandu, I'd like to say. I think he also got his player option declined. So they were declining options everywhere on the guard position. Wes already signed. Melvin Fraser finally signed. And it's a great opportunity for him to be with us as well as we got a really good player melvin frazier or potentially a really good player now he just needed to get the hell out of orlando because they draft him at 35 and just threw him in the g league and he needed time in the g league but they just threw him there and he hardly ever touched the actual nba court he played like 29 games in his first two seasons So no wonder he got waived. I mean, they never threw him on the court. They should have given him a chance because I think the potential with him is way higher than a lot of people on the the Mavericks. Or not, why am I saying the Mavericks? The Magic the past two years. He has way more potential than some of them. He never played though. Um, Never got that chance. Hopefully we give them a chance. Give him a chance. I don't know if it's going to be G League or NBA scale contract. But I really hope he does get a shot because he did deserve a chance in the NBA. Technically, he got it. He got that chance. But it really wasn't a very big one. I mean, they toss him out there. 
you're already in a bad situation in Orlando. No offense, but the roster the past couple years has not been great. It's not the best situation for you. You're already competing with like four other shooting guards in your same exact shoes, so minutes are hard to come by. You get your chance like 10 games in your rookie year, 10 or 19, one of those. You're done. Next season, about the same. He never got a real real full-on chance. But he had been he has been balling out in the G League. Um especially last season he was. Now, if I were to tell you about this guy, he is the perfect Presti prototype player. And I thought maybe the Thunder did have interest in Melvin Frazier a couple years ago. My thought was we definitely had interest in Melvin Frazier. We just never cared enough to trade up to get him. His skill set is exactly what we've always seen OKC pick. Now, he is your prototypical huge frame, straight up defender, great finisher. I'm not going to call him great. He's a good finisher. A little bit inconsistent on the threes and like shot creating and stuff. So he's 6'5 with 7 foot 2 inch wingspan. That is ridiculous. He can guard the 1 through 3 just with that size alone. Um, my favorite quality of his, especially in two lane, in the passing lanes, he's a ball hawk. There were tapes, and there there's clips all over YouTube. There's really not a ton of clips of him. There's, there's videos, like very few videos of his college tape, but they're really good. There were, there's throws where people completely overthrow the guy. He just reaches his arms out as far as he can. He snags it. He does that in the passing lanes as well. He's great at on-ball defense. You don't want to be matched up one-on-one. Melvin Frazier will clamp you up, and he will steal the ball from you. He was one of the best defenders in the G League last season. He was fifth in steals. He had 2.2 steals a game. He also had 2.2 steals per game. In his junior season at Tulane. But anyways. He's just really good at stealing the ball. He has a little bit of some fouling issues. Here and there. I think that can be fixed. But yeah. Really you're getting just a. He's really just disruptive on defense. He's, a, he's an NBA level defender already. That's not the question in his game. His offense is more the problem. However. He's really good with that frame. He's really good in the fast break open court or just like he's cutting to the rim if he has a straight shot to the paint he's gonna do some damage he'll absorb the contact he'll flip the shot up I mean dude's got gigantic wingspan he got some long arms he'll dunk it down he'll lay it up it doesn't really matter now I don't know about how often he's able to get to the line he's not a very good free throw shooter though he shot he shot 71% in college at the free throw line. I think it dipped down in the G League. And you'll see kind of that stuff while I talk about him. He showed major improvement in college, though. And I think under a good development system, he will continue to improve. He showed he could shoot. This was sophomore sophomore season with him. He was 26% on threes. Junior season... 39% on threes and his shots the amount of shots he took from there went up I think he even got like the most improved award in his junior year I don't know if it was the conference or it was like a national thing I believe it was conference but he did get an award for most improved he made a huge jump and that's how he got picked so high people were just high on his development 
His freshman season in college, he only shot 52% from the free throw line. Like I said, 71% now, or not now, with Tulane his junior year. But it has kind of dipped a little bit. He shot 33% from three in the G League. Um, if I had to project like what that would be NBA numbers, I don't know. I'd assume it's around that number. He's not shooting the lights out, but if you're gonna leave the guy open in like the corner, I would be com- I would be okay with him shooting the ball. Like, I think on corner threes he's fine. The issue is, you know, creating that shot for himself. He just doesn't really have that though. But yeah, I think shooting. If he figures that out, it's fine. He's an NBA role player. Everything's good. If not, there's question marks because you do want to be able to shoot. I do think he has really good defensive potential, though, and he's good at the rim. He's kind of decent at rebounding as well. Playmaking, I'd say about average. He just can't create for himself or shoot the lights out. Well, not really the lights out. He's just super inconsistent with it. Anyways, if I had to project what he would be, I think coming out of college who's more like the Josh Richardson type, we're going to knock those expectations down a little bit. I do still think he can be an NBA player. Um, it's not 100% home run. He's going to be like this great guy, but he has shown it, and I'm still pretty high on the guy. Like, I think he could be a Derrick Jones Jr. Um, if he improves on his shooting, there you go. Derrick Jones Jr., as everybody should know, he's really good at defense. He's super athletic. Melvin Frazier, take it down a little bit on the athleticism, maybe bump it up on scoring. That's what you're looking at. That's a really good role player to have. And I forgot who Derrick Jones Jr. signed for this offseason. It might have been like the Suns. I don't don't quote me on that. But he did get a pretty a pretty good contract um, for what he does. So yeah, you could have a nice role player, Melvin Frazier. Still 24. He can grow. Don't expect a kid to start. I mean, He's going to start with like some super low minutes. I'd say he's a two guard or a three guard. You can switch between those two. Give you quality minutes on defense, offense. We're not sure about that yet. He just needs the opportunity. And Oklahoma City was, I think, the best team for him to possibly be on. We are in need of players just like him. And if from what you heard from me, you guys still are not convinced... Trust me, just watch one of those highlight clips of Melvin Frazier and you will be convinced that he's he's an absolute steal. And the fact he fell into our lap is pretty ridiculous. Um, the video that I watched whenever I first like fell in love with his game, it was uploaded by Cody Wright. It's like seven minutes long. It shows like some offense and some defensive clips. Really encourage you to watch it. It's great stuff. I'm telling you, you're gonna like you're gonna like Melvin Frazier if you look at that thing. But people are kind of speculating, regardless of how good he may be, that it's an Exhibit Ten, and they just want to like they just want to wave him. So he's on the G League again. Bring him up every once in a while, I suppose. Um, I I kind of like I don't know what the odds are he actually makes that 15 man roster. I don't. I'm not, like, 100% positive they're just going to wave the guy in a couple of days. I may look like an idiot saying that, but I seriously think he's playing for a real contract. I don't think it's, like, 
they signed him with the expectation he's playing in the G League. I think he's really here in training camp to fight for that 15-man roster spot. And personally, like, I I really like the guy. So there's a hint of bias here. But I think he's a top 15 player on our team. And some may say that's kind of ridiculous. Let me just talk you through it. As of right now, we have 20 players on NBA contracts. I think we can kind of, we kind of already know out of out of this list of 20, who's probably going to get cut. Just saw Randall, we got like this past week. I don't see him sticking around. I think he's a G League player. Kenrich Williams, we got in the three-team trade, uh, or four-team trade where we gave up Adams. I think it's safe to say he's also gone. He's 25, doesn't have any crazy ability to him. Vincent Poirier. He's also gone. He's like 28, 27. Played for the Celtics. Hasn't done much. He's also out. Isaiah Roby. I say he's gone. He's still relatively young. I think he's like 22. But he just hasn't... He hasn't played with us. It's one of those things. He hasn't gotten an opportunity. And, you know... I guess that's a little bit hypocritical what I was saying about Frazier. But he just hasn't had it. The difference between Frazier and Roby... Roby has played in the G League, and he just hasn't been too impressive. Fraser has. In terms of who's the better player, if I had to pick between Roby and Fraser, I'm picking Fraser. So Roby's gone. Now, that's going to leave you with a roster of, I believe, 17. If you want to count Fraser in there, yeah, it's, it's going to be 17. Now, out of them, we already know... There's certain players who are going to be on our team, like Alexander, Dort, Baisley, all these people. The question marks and what really determines whether or not he has a spot, what happens to the veterans? We have Ariza, Mike Muscala, George Hill, Darius Miller, and Al Horford. Out of those five, I don't think we're going to trade Horford or Muscala just yet. So it's really just Ariza, Hill, and Darius Miller. Who might be traded? I think Miller may not even be traded as well. But we need we need two spots open from that to get us to 14 so we can sign. Um yeah, so we can be able to sign Melvin Frazier. Anyways, the likelihood of that happening where we give out two players and get no one in return is kinda slim. So I think what would happen. I've done mocks on trades. I think we trade two of those vets for one player. That's going to give you 15, and then Frazier's left out outside. However, I do think there's still one player. It's a toss-up, and people aren't going to agree. I do think there's one player who Frazier has a better potential than. I don't think that's a question. It's just a matter of who would you rather have. There's questions for multiple players on this team. The people that... I'm not too sure, like, Ty Jerome, for one, I do like him as a prospect, he was a first-round pick last year, I don't think he's gonna get cut, there's a ton of people at point guard, though, so getting those minutes spread around will be really weird, I think he still maintains his roster spot, I'd personally pick Frazier over Muscala, if Muscala stays, I don't think we're gonna get rid of Mike Muscala, but just, like, in the best interest of the team, I think you get more as Frazier than you do him. But we need the vets, and Mike Muscala is not going anywhere. So Mike Muscala will 
be on that that roster. So you got to look elsewhere. I think the main dude is probably Justin Jackson, and he's an NBA caliber player right now. It's just with him, he's six seven. You can play him at small forward or power forward. He's really just has one aspect to his game, and that's the three point shot. So he really hasn't been like doing too well with the Mavs. He had like five points per game last year, like eighteen minutes maybe. I just don't think he can expand his game too much more. Frazier, I think there's more of like a a chance you get something there. The likelihood Presty would pick Melvin Frazier over Jackson is slim. It just comes down to if Frazier balls out during training camp, I think he could take over one of those dudes, whether it be Justin Jackson or a guy like Ty Jerome. I don't think Ty Jerome's gone. Maybe Schofield. I really like Schofield. I don't think he's getting touched. I don't even know if Jerome would be getting touched. The man on the hot seat would be Justin Jackson, just based off of what I would think. So that would be how you would get Frazier on the roster. So the final roster, well, before trades, because you have to trade some of these vets. It would be SGA, Frank, Teo, and George Hill. George Hill could be moved, probably. Shooting guard, you have Dort, Diallo, Jerome, and Frazier. Small forward, you have Trevor Reza, could be moved. Schofield, Darius Miller. Also could be moved. And then power forward, Baisley, Muscala, Pokachevsky, center, Al Horford, TJ Leaf. So you're a little bit thin at the big man spot. And Jackson does give you flexibility because he can play power forward for you. That opens up Muscala to play more at the center. I do think there's some fun- funky rotations that would make things work, though. I think it's, you know, I think TJ Leaf is perfectly capable of playing minutes at center. He's more of a power forward. I think he can play center though. Um yeah, you can play Muscala at power forward, Baisley, Pogachevsky. I think the minutes will be filled with without Jackson, with or without Jackson. I don't think there's an issue unless there's injuries or there's a Horford deal where we are left with like no center. Um but even at that point, Muscala would be the next man up. So it doesn't really matter. I just think Melvin Frazier is deserving of a 15-man spot. I would pick him over some of the dudes on our team. You got to keep your eyes open on the news with him because you never know when news would drop. You can, I could see him being waived in the next couple days, or I could see him suiting up, you know, for our first game on like December 23rd or whenever it is. So I don't know. I'm just really high on Melvin Frazier. Hopefully, uh, you guys check him out. I think Melvin Frazier could do some damage with us. I don't know what what role, but I, I think he's a quality guy. And this has been a trend of Pressy this past month. I've really loved the signings and moves he's gotten. To kind of, like, sneakily, he's acquired some really good players. Like, Admiral Schofield, you look at him, it's like a random throw-in from the Wizards. He can be something for you. He's like a linebacker, 6'5", 245. He's he's good. He can stretch the floor. He can play some defense. I like what you have in Schofield. Practically got on for nothing. Frank Jackson out of free agency. Super underrated. We liked him um, whenever he was coming out for the draft. 
We'll see what we have in him. I do really like him, though. He's only 22. And then now, in the same week, pretty much, we got Melvin Frazier. So, those are three really solid guys we got for really nothing. I don't know how many more moves Presti can make, but it's Sam Presti, so you really never know. Anyways, we'll see what goes on in the future. Uh, I'll keep all updated with that, but with everything being said... Thank you guys for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I'll try to get one out to y'all again this week. It might be a little bit tight. We'll see how everything goes. But yeah, Uh, I'll make sure to keep you updated if there's any big news or anything like that. But with that being said, thank you all for listening and I will catch you all next time.